Hello and welcome to Back to Britpop, it's Chris. On this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Tiny, aka Andrew Wood, from the band Ultrasound. They were formed in the 90s and had various incarnations through the years, but then ultimately settled on Ultrasound, hailing from Yorkshire, moving to London to pursue a fan base. Their debut album, Everything Picture, was released on Nude Records in 1999. Tiny was a great guest. Uh, He talks very candidly about how the band formed, also about when they reformed back in sort of 2010, 2012. And he also spoke about their postponed tour for next year uh, because it's an anniversary of their debut album. Anyway, enjoy the interview. I'll be back afterwards for the usual waffle. See you in a bit. Welcome to the podcast, Tiny. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Hello and welcome yourself. How are you? How are you doing? I mean, it's a very difficult time when we just had a little quick chat off mic about it. But how's your lockdown been? It's been fine. Um, I've really enjoyed the first three months. <laughs> I've, I've really enjoyed the first three months. Yeah. Uh, it's dragging on. It's dragging on a bit now, but uh, yeah, it's 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 been okay because I've just got on with with uh, with with work. Really, I've just been yeah. re- recording stuff. Have you found it's been actually quite beneficial to sort of sort of hone in your mind a bit more in terms of writing or is it is it is that always something you've been able to do quite easily well it, it's it's one of those things i've had a lot of things on the on the back burner i've had a lot of, i've written a lot of songs that aren't in any fit state to release or anything so i thought well i can get those things up and running which is what i've been doing really i near finished yet but you know it takes me a while what were your influences then i mean when you were growing up and before you sort of started playing guitar and wanted to be in a band who were you listening to in your bedroom uh, <laughs> I'm quite old, you know, um, so <laughs> we're going back a bit. I suppose the first thing that really got me into wanting to be in, like in, in music was things like, you know, watching Tom the Pops when I was like nine. So it would be things like Status Quo and things like that. Yeah. But more seriously, I think probably Yes and Led Zeppelin was like the two big things that I was listening to a lot in the 70s and Genesis, all those kind of bands. That is it for me at the time. That's what I wanted to do, really. When did you decide, sorry, to pick up the guitar? Was there a time or was there a moment where you saw something or inspired you specifically? Um, no, not, not, not particularly. Apart from the fact that, um, I mean, I'm not a very good guitarist, so uh, I don't really you know, regard myself in the same sort of area as the kind of guitarist I, I look up to. I'm really more of a rhythm guitar, so I'm not actually very good at that, but you know, I do it, I do my best. <laughs> I obviously absolutely adore guitarists and what they do, and absolutely love, you know, Jimmy Page, but we could never ever play like him. So therefore I would say that probably in terms of my own playing, I would have to go back to the status quo again. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's um, simple enough to actually get my hand get my head around. <laughs> When did you think you could start writing words then and started writing songs? Was it something that came quite easy to you to start with or did you have to really sort of work at it? Songs is never easy. Uh, words is relatively easy. I've been doing it for a long time. Uh, more of a kind of like, you know, poetry kind of stuff in when I was 15. But I've never had a problem with words. And most of the time, I think with the songs that we do, I'm fitting the words to the songs that are already there. Yeah. More. I mean, Richard's more the so- more the songwriter than I am. He's good with chords, chord, se- chord shapes, chord sequences, things like that. Yeah, I, yeah. Can, I can slot lyrics onto them. And so did that sort of partnership come quite easily uh, between the two of you or the songwriting process? 
No, not at all, because we're both from Yorkshire, so we never talk to each other. <laughs> Communication's always always a problem. Yeah. Um, and we're also quite, we're both quite shy of each other, <laughs> which doesn't help. <laughs> so when did you meet then? How did, how did the band sort of start? I know there were certain like, incarnations before you became Ultrasound. Yeah, well, I met Richard um, in um, 89, because... Um, uh, they started a new co- course at Wakefield College. We, we, we were both living in Wakefield at the time. They started a new music course, like a, a modern music course. And I went along to it because uh, they had a free studio. And I thought, oh, free studio time, well, let's pay for it. <laughs> so I'll, 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 I'll sign up for that course. And I met Richard on that, on that course. He's 10 years younger than I am. He was like 16, 17 at the time. And I'm like, we late 20, so I'm an old man at that, at that point. And there's me, a bit of a bit of an old proghead, like sort of like all that kind of stuff in the seventies. Mm. And he liked kind of most of the Cure and Sugar Cubes and Pixies. So I got into a lot of the music he was listening to. At the same time, he was getting into the stuff I was listening to. So it was mm. a mutual thing, really. When did you sort of start recruiting other members? Then how did that come about? Well, Andy Peace, the drummer, the original drummer, was also on the same course at college. And we all moved up to Newcastle to do the degree course uh, in 91 and met Vanessa there. She was on that course. So we formed a band at the time, not with Vanessa, but me and Richard formed a band with Andy called Sleepy People, who were kind of like a froggy art rock band. And uh, it was from there that we, when we eventually moved to London, me and Richard and Vanessa came with us. So Was that also- to- was that to specifically kind of pursue the like labels and interests and stuff? Or were, you, were you having some sort of interest at that point where you were? It, it wasn't at all. It, it was more to do with the fact that we just thought at the time, if, look, we've got a band here. We've, we're, we're all serious about music and we, we love doing the music. So it seems inevitable that you, you need to go to London to do it, to yeah. pursue that. We didn't really think about well, labels and things like that, but we certainly thought about the work. We can get more gigs, we can get more promotion, we can get more people to, into the stuff, you know? Yeah. Were you, were you conscious that you wanted to do something slightly different that was had been taking shape on the scene for the sort of early to mid-90s? Yes. We're very conscious. I mean, we're, we're very big fans of the Cardiacs at the time and perhaps a little too much for our own good at the time. Mm. But uh, we certainly were aware that we, we had a sort of skill you know, music was a kind of skill that we had, and we, we thought we'd best how best to use that skill really. So at the, at the time when we moved to London, we were we were thinking in terms of um, taking things even further, like going in a, in a quite a weird, freaky direction. Really, mm. at that point, it wasn't really until uh, both me and Richard heard uh, Suede, uh, the song um, "Stay Together" by Suede, that we just thought, "Oh, hang on a sec, there's something here. There's something." It's 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 retro, but but also forward thinking at the same time, and we'd kind of forgot the retro bit because it's definitely it's definitely front and center, isn't it? In terms of the, you know sonically, it's so it's got an eye on the past, like uh-huh. in terms of in terms of the prog proggy feel and just the way the soundscapes and the wall of sound that you have throughout the whole inter- the first uh, record, everything picture. But then, yeah, there are those nods to the kind of like sounds that were coming out towards the late 90s. And as you say, Nude Records was, you know, I reckon, you know, uh, there was great music coming out of that label anyway. Um, so you can definitely feel the sort of influences as well and with your definite, like, defined stamp on the genre. Would you say your music was kind of 
it kind of was going against the tide though, wasn't it, in, in a way? Uh, well, I've always, yeah, I always kind of felt that. I always felt out of step. Never felt kind of right that we should be, you know, part of that. Yeah. If you, if you know what I mean, well, we obviously were part of it because we were there, but we always felt different to all of that, really. In those early sort of gigs and those early sort of studio times you were having together, was there any point where you thinking, hang on, we've got something here, this this could actually go quite far? Well, I don't know about going, going quite far, but yes, we definitely thought that we've, we've, we've hit on something here, something we ne didn't necessarily have with the previous band, because I think we're so busy trying to be like um, different all the time, and we forgot to be familiar. Once we realised that we had to cl uh, cloak it in a familiarity, then we realised we had something, yeah. So when did things start happening then? Do you, do you remember a, a certain time when you started to get label interest and A&R guys coming to gigs? Oh, it was, it was kind of weird for us because uh, we were kind of, in, we felt like we were in a void for a long time. In fact, it got to the point where we were thinking, this isn't happening. We're, we're just, we're not playing to anyone. No one, no one ever came to our gigs. And we're thinking, what, we'd written all these songs and, Nothing, nothing was happening for us, but uh, uh, it was actually one evening um, we played at the, the Mean Fiddler in Halston, and there was two people in the audience, and one of them was our neighbour. Um, and there was another band on the same night called Badge, and they were from Oxford. They were like a young band from Oxford. And they absolutely loved us and said, oh, can we buy your record? And we're like, well, we, don't, we haven't got a record. And they couldn't believe it. We haven't got a record because we so, you know, they thought we were so good. And they said, well, we've got a bit of a following in Oxford. Why don't you come and play with us in Oxford? You, you know, get to play to people. So we, we actually thought nothing of it, thinking they'd never get back in touch, but they did. And we played a, a gig in, at a point in Oxford, um, supporting them, and it was absolutely packed in there because they're quite a popular band in Oxford. I think at that point, we kind of took off a little bit. There was a, there was a, a, a murmuration going around. Well, there's this band, you know, and people started talking about us. I think it sort of started from there, probably about 96, and that started happening. When did Nude come knocking on the door then? Because there's a guy that was at the point uh, that saw, saw us that, that talked to Steve Sutherland from Enemy about it, sort of mentioned us to, to him. And then they had that Enemy band, new band showcase, so they asked people to send tapes into the to an Enemy. So we sent a tape in, and they picked it up out of the bag and thought, oh, I know, I've heard this band, you know, this mm. guy was talking about. Well. So it gave us an advantage, I guess, when they put put the, put the record on, you know. So uh, they, they asked us to play that, and I think the, the day after we played that gig, that's when the phone calls started happening from record companies, basically. Was it kind of like a, a relief for you as well as obviously it was a quite ex must have been an exciting time, but you we all relieved that you were being taken seriously after that sort. Uh, I'm not sure that we ever thought we were to be taken serious, but I think we just thought it was hilarious. I wish I spent six months just laughing, thinking, surely they've got the wrong people here, you know? <laughs> this isn't really part of the plan, but, you know, it was fun. So what happened? Were you, were you put into studio time to record with the producer initially? What kind of conversations were taking place about, you know, how that record was going to be recorded? Uh, uh, well, you know, there was... A little bit of a problem with nude records because we wanted to make a triple album, and they were basically saying you're a, you're a, you're the first band doing their first album. You're not that well known. You can't be doing a triple album as your first album. Come on. <laughs> so we're like, well, how about a double? <laughs> <laughs> Can we make it down to a double? <laughs> I don't know. Because we were thinking this isn't going to last very long. We need to get everything 
into one album, uh, everything picture. We were, we were thinking we're not going to last too long, so let's try and get you know get it all down. So um, unfortunately, we'd ha- we'd actually signed a, a re- very good record like record deal. Well, sorry, very good for us, and that we mm. got all the we got all the say basically. Whatever we said, the record company had to do. So which is which is kind of unfortunate because most bands aren't in that position. Most bands there's a compromise between what the record company wants and what you want. Yeah, yeah. But in our in our case, we could do what the hell we wanted. So if we wanted a triple album, we would have made a triple album. I think we made a kind of a compromise because Saul and you went, oh, you know, it's going to be a bit, bit of a push to sell that. So we went, okay, we'll make it a double. Were you, were you quite put, like tenacious with that then? Would you, was it something you were really definitely were quite dead set on doing? I Because I've read a lot about the third, like the three album idea. Because um, mm. w- with your, I guess, your influences as well, that would definitely have fitted in with kind of the soundscapes that you were creating and your influences in terms of that prog rock feel. Um, yeah. Almost like a, like a trilogy. It's something that isn't necessarily done even nowadays, is it, really, either? I wouldn't say tenacious, I would say pig-headed. That's basically <laughs> what we were. Um, it was probably not the best of ideas, but, you know, it's kind of like, well, we're not necessarily making it for now, we're not making it for the, you know, that the mid-90s period, we're making it for, like, 20 years' time or for 50 years' time when someone discovers it, mm. you know, when it, when it becomes a thing. Like most of my favourite albums, like Trampest Replica by Captain Beefheart, wasn't really appreciated for 20 years at the time and Velvet Underground as well they weren't really they weren't they didn't sell that much and they weren't regarded very highly amongst the kind of like you know normal world mm. but gradually over time these things have taken on a kind of like a legendary status and that I suppose that was kind of the idea you know it's not necessarily we're not necessarily making this record for now we're making it for you know, the future future generations With the live shows then, um, going hand in hand with like the first release of the album, we obviously started to get sort of a, a big, almost like a cult following as well, I would guess, because it's just how different you were and how kind of refreshing you were to the scene. Did you feel that, um, you know, your fans were obviously going with you on that journey as well? Well, we're making, we're sort of making new fans just because we were in the press a lot and the press, people were interested. They'd never actually heard us, and there still wasn't the internet then, so people didn't get a chance to hear you mm. until the record or they went to see you live. So there was a lot of hype about us, and unfortunately with hype, and I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, when I see a band that's hyped, I immediately think they're going to be rubbish. And a lot of people did come along to our gigs thinking we were going to be rubbish because it's another enemy hype, you know. But fortunately, uh, most of the time, people went away impressed. I think that is something that, that was kind of special. I felt mm. live. We were, we were kind of special anyway. Did you um, the, did you always get on with the press? Uh, yeah. Well, the, well, with the NME, I, re- I do remember a time we were trying to get our, our album recorded, and we we're trying to find the time to do that. And we'd just done this tour with Travis, uh, just before the Christmas of '97 or eight, '97, I think. Um, and the NME wanted us to play on the enemy Brat Bus tour. Uh, and so I, I remember having a, having a phone conversation with someone at NME and uh, just basically saying, look, we can't do it because we've got, we've got an album to record and we just don't have the time to do it. And he did, he did start threatening me, saying, um, well, basically, he said, we made you and we can break you. <laughs> uh, so I just put the phone down on him, basically. Um, but until, until that point, we had quite a good relationship. <laughs> 
what caused the split? I mean, is it just something amicably decided to go your own way, or is it something a little bit more complicated? Well, it's quite complicated. <laughs> well, we, we, all, we all have a kind of broken history between us. We've known each other by this stage. We've known each other seven or eight years. Um, relationships have broken down a little bit amongst people. Uh, we were all on different drugs. That, that helped or didn't mm. help. We start. We just not stopped seeing eye to eye. I mean, by, by that, I know by that stage, we and Richard weren't really talking at all. We were never in the same room. Um, it just became unfeasible, basically. It wasn't fun anymore. Time passed and you decided to, to get back together, didn't you? In two, is it 2012 was the first proper reunion or was there something before then as well? Uh, it was, well, 2010 uh, was when we actually got into the same room together. Uh, actually met again for the, for the first time um, and realised that actually what we've got is really good. That would make another album. <laughs> Was there anything that kind of spurred that moment? There's something that sort of triggered that meeting between you all? Uh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, Big Hayes, uh, who used to be in the Cardiacs, he um, was also in Dark Star, who supported Ultrasound. Yeah. Um, he thought saying because um, Tim Smith had uh, had a cardiac arrest and wasn't, was unwell, and so he wanted to do a, like a gig, a, a benefit gig for him. And he asked us if we'd, if we'd think about reforming to do the gig. Uh, that's what spurred us to actually do it. The gig didn't happen, but we, did, we ended up doing a, a benefit album at that point when, and doing a song to that. But the gig, obviously, the gig didn't happen, but, it, but by that stage, we'd got together and started playing and realised that we had something. So what, what was it like? I mean, did you, did you find that like, writing songs and, and together as well was just easy again, or was it just was something you really had to work hard at? Or did, or did it just all come very naturally? Fairly easy. I mean, I remember the first... Well, we did, we, obviously, the first time we plugged in, we played a couple of old songs just to see what it was like, you know, get comfortable with it. But the first song that Richard brought as a new song um, was actually one he'd been working on before we split up. Uh, it was the last song he was working on before his built. We thought, well, that's a good way to start. It ends up being called Welfare State. First song on the on the second album. <coughs> and that, that basically just said, well, I had this this idea before we split. Let's try this out. And that's, you know, just went from there. We're just bringing things into the mix. What was it like getting back on the road? It was fine. Um, some gigs were just absolutely blistering. Uh, I think the uh, one that springs to mind is the Ruby Lounge, is it, in Manchester? Yeah. The Ruby Lounge was brilliant. Um, I do remember doing a holiday that wasn't so good, uh, but then that, that was in comparison to the one we'd played previously, which was absolutely blinded and could, you couldn't pass it really. But, you know, it's, it's ups, ups and downs. It's very difficult to actually, um, even with the internet, it's difficult to actually communicate to people, that, hey, we've reformed and now we're doing a new album and we've got a tour. Come along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still, still people now saying, saying, oh, I loved Ultrasound in it. I wonder what happened to them. It's like, we've been going for, like, we've done two albums since then. <laughs> the program, mister. So you kept going, essentially, after after that album then as well, because you there was uh, another recording in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was real time. Yeah, um, we, we managed to get, uh, because we haven't got, uh, well, the, the, the play for today album came out on Fierce Panda. But the first mm-hmm. band, you know, famously don't do record deals. They just put a record out if you want to put a record out, or if they want to. The, set, the third album was because some people gave us some money to make it. So, you know, put us in the studio so we can do it. 
Which I, you know, I sold an eight. <laughs> Obviously, the intention for that one's the same. It's just to, you know, to reach the the fan base again and to tour it and, and to see what happens. Yeah, well, I guess you. Know, yeah, I mean, you are doing it, writing songs for people to hear. But I suppose ultimately, it, it doesn't matter if they hear them because you're doing it for yourself and the audience. So you you were all planned to do a, a tour in April as well, weren't you? Yeah, uh-huh. we'd uh, we'd organised the tour for the for last April. Yeah, which I think it was come uh, probably January, February. We started talking about the idea of, of, of you know moving it a bit further forward. And at that point, loads of bands were booking in for the September, so you couldn't get any September dates or October dates or November dates. And we just thought, well, why not make it? following april because at least by then everything will be over <laughs> there'll be a vaccine we'll all be back to work again it'll be fine yeah <laughs> it was mainly because it's a bit too late now but it was the 20th anniversary of everything picture being released yeah uh, two years ago now and we thought let's do a tour to celebrate the 20th anniversary but that eight, that that last april tour because it was like the next year we thought we'll make it let's make it the 21st anniversary because <laughs> so, we're going to be reissuing the album uh, one little independent records they're used to one little indian they've changed the name to one little independent they're bringing it out as a box set like it was supposed to be a 20th, 20th anniversary then it became a 21st anniversary uh, so it'll still be the kind of like 21st anniversary plus <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if, it will be coming out at some point around about the tour, I, I would have thought. And is you like repackaged and, and uh, has it been remastered and as well as? It's been repackaged and remastered, yes. And it's got all, it's got extras and booklets and things. And how was that, putting all that together again? Um, it was quite interesting. Um, it was basically, it was basically me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a box full of press clippings, fo- photographs, tapes. All sorts of stuff, stuff, dat tapes and all that kind of thing. Uh, and I just took it down to, to one little independent and just said, there you go, <laughs> get a load of that. And I've just been saying to them, like, yeah, over the past few months, I've been kind of like in cahoots with them, talking about uh, putting the artwork together. I've done all the lyrics and just basically sending them things and saying, there you go. So with hopefully with the rescheduled dates that are happening next year, aren't they? 21. I hope so, yes. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're booked for April 20, around about 20th of April, that period of time. And is it the original band's lineup? No, um, it's uh, Andy Peace doesn't play drums anymore, and um, Matt doesn't play keyboards anymore. And Matt hasn't played keyboards for a long time now. It's basically the three of us, plus a guy called Chris on keyboards and Bruce on drums who's been working with, with Richard for ages. Do you think you'll go on to record new material again with the band at all? We, we keep talking about a new album. Um, Richard's got the, something in the pipeline at the moment. He's working with a friend of his on some stuff. And I've, I've been working with various other people, collaborating with a few people uh, of late. So I think when we've, when we've wrapped that up, I think we'll probably... I know me and, me and Nash are very keen to get something going. So but I'm sure there'll be another one. And fingers crossed, everything goes well for you for next year, and uh, the and the tour and the, and the release goes off okay, and we get over this 
crappy time where, where we can go and see bands and visit live venues again and actually save the industry, which doesn't seem to be getting a lot of support from the government. Well, I hope so, yeah. Like I say, I don't want to have to reschedule, but, you know, you know, that, that happens, it happens, you know. Uh, Ty, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate uh, you talking to me about ultrasound, uh, old and new. It's been really fascinating to hear some of the stories about how you got together and how you recorded and uh, what's in store for us in the future. Thanks again for speaking to me, Tiny, and uh, all the best. Okay, thank you. Thanks again to Tiny for joining me on the podcast. It was a really great interview. Uh, I really appreciate him coming on the show. We're at episode 11. Uh, There's more to come. Um, Guests that I've been pursuing or chasing seem to be coming coming back to me now, so I'm starting to uh, do more episodes. So as long as people are interested, I'll I'll keep doing it. Um, But it is tricky tracking people down and getting them to commit, as you can imagine. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and please chase me up on social media. Just search for Back to Britpop on there and leave a review if you'd like to uh, on Apple iTunes. Five stars if possible. Let us know what you think. Until next episode, take care. I'll see you later. Back to Britpop.